As a strategist, when I started tracking, I had one thing in mind. To defeat an inquiry and its resumption conclusions, one must be able to scrutinize and hit the fundamental resumptions underlying the methods and the theories involved in analytics. Then and only then we can hope to be in a position where a single methodological hit would be able to demolish a series of applications. All the interpretation of Sastras which, which we have been discussing, actually it originates from one assumption. It originates from one assumption. There is no sacred side of the Sanskrit. If we can act, we can, if we can prove that side, no, it is not like that. Maybe under the paradigm in which, which I will be coming, uh, once we say that it is like that and it is inseparable from the uh, Logic Sanskrit, the whole paradigm will form. I will just show it. Please speak into the mic. Okay. What I started doing, paper digs deep into the bare ideological foundations. Paper digs deep into the bare uh, ideological foundations of polar theology and analytics and succeeds in finding. I uh, just uh, one one correspondence between Pollock's analytics and the conclusions here drawn on SKS Sanskrit knowledge system and the broad units of the Marxist dialectical history of Which professor? In fact, I, I tell you, Professor Pollock is a very honest. He is a very honest person, so far as his dishonesty is concerned. <laughs> Which Professor Pollock has very carefully kept disguised under the carpet of technical jargons, logically surgical and metaphorical style, and deletion of keywords and references. I have highlighted this because the words I will be using and you will see on this slide is never found in this writing. This language of God has masked only on two pages in name only. Dialectics never. So this, this is the pattern and which, which we have. But before uh, coming to uh, the application side of this, a few little uh, concepts are needed uh, from the director And four or five slides, in four or five slides, I will just review the basic definitions so that it will be easier for you. First is, the title marks dialectical and historical values. Dialectical materialism is an approach which presupposes that dialectical materialism is an approach which presupposes that the method of studying and apprehending the phenomena of nature is dialectical. Now, what is dialectical? The dialectics to discourse, to debate, the art of arriving at the truth by disclosing the contradictions in the argument of an opponent and overcoming these contradictions with presumption that it would be And the second is its interpretation of the phenomena of nature and its conception theory are necessarily materialistic. Just 
when I uh, started trading, I reached to Mars. But Mars literature was not helpful. Why? In Mars literature, especially in political economy sense, we have the production system and everything, and there is no spirituality concerned with uh, the production. I had to take another step backward, and then I found that Marx borrows from Hegel and Festival. Hegel was basically an idealist, and the material cause for material is caused by the ideas. So Marx takes us the rational kernel, that is materialistic part, and he excludes his idealistic part. Why I am pointing this? We have Sanskrit, we have its textual form, and we have its spiritual form. The spiritual message which the text carries. So we have to uh, put them together. So from Hegel, Marx takes the rational kernel, materialistic part, excluding idealistic part, so there is no idealism, no transcendence. From Feldbeck, he takes internal kernel. Inner kernel, Feldbeck is the person who brought materialism back to his status. But basically he was a spiritual. So Marx takes materialistic part, the inner kernel, materialistic part, and excluded his idealistic part, no idealism, no ethics, Religious, ethical encumbrances, not in So, this one. Therefore, all that exists is materialistic, including ideas generated by brain, which itself is a material. This is why, when we just will see, Polak starts from here. He takes <coughs> Sanskrit. Why he takes Sanskrit? After a few slides, it will come. Uh, uh, clear. What are the methods? There are three methods in Marxian uh, directive materialism. First is the method. Precondition or presupposition is that contrary to metaphysics. It has nature connected, nature, nature is connected and determined. Different agents which are in nature are interconnected by causality and they are deterministic. Second, nature is a state of continuous motion and change. We, there is no steady state. There is every time it keeps changing. So there is third is the natural quantitative change leads to qualitative change. This is perhaps the cause behind the massive writings of work. Say something as much as you can. It will lead to qualitative change. And fourth is very important. It is contradictions inherent in nature, society, economy, in almost every existence. Direct effect can be seen in Pollock's division and perspective interpretations. How we present contradictions? This is the basic core on which the Pollock uh, makes his main and most of the interpretations of the Sastras and work. The tenet is very important. It makes social and historical process full of contradictions, with Marx attributed as necessary condition for development. Forces in nature, society, culture, etc., are highly interconnected, continuously changing and evolving 
and are full of contradiction which keep the forces in a state of internal tussle. Most striking feature of this tenet is that Masim does not attempt to eliminate the contradiction from outside, but lets opposite forces fight until final. The result comes up. Interestingly, the theory of contradiction applies to the state of final win also. It is not that once it is resolved, it, there is a peace. No. Theory of contradiction still starts working and it says it is never taken free from any contradiction, even the final resolution. It means there is no peace and fight continued between forces in, in contradiction only its level changes, model operandi changes, which linear time keeps evolving to the higher stages. If we observe carefully the analytics of polar in case of text, society, culture, etc., we can see very clearly how he keeps analyzing contradictions. It is clear that without such a historical approach to social phenomena, it is Marx's stand. The existence of development of the science of the history is impossible for only such an approach says the, uh, the science of the history from the beginning which I'm not extensive. Second, second method, philosophical method. Again, presumption is contrary to idealism. First was contrary to metaphysics. Second was contrary to idealism. Mass philosophical method holds that the world is by its very nature material. Objective reality, yes. Here comes the point. The objective reality and thereafter the historical materialism. Historical materialism is an application of the principles of dialectical materialism to the phenomena of the life of society to study the society and its history. There are three phases, and there, there, there is, although it is my conjecture at this early stage, but there may be. Some correlation. The first stage in Marxism is the primitive commune. There is one mode of production. Pollock assigns very clear to it, and villas are interpreted accordingly as primitive. Even Romila Thakur could not find anything more than primitive mode of production and agriculture in villas. Second phase, under which the slavery, there is another mode of production. For example, Pola puts Ramayana in this, this stage, the second phase. For example, Pola assigns the period of the beginning of Christian era, Ramayana falls thus, Valmiki Ramayana, into the period. That is why, while interpreting Ram's silence, silent acceptance of Hamas, not as obedience to the Sahaja, but as a slavery. Here it, it, it is classified under slavery. And then comes Terrorism and the rest. Now application. These were the basic concepts. Now it is applied to Pollock. What happens? Application one, nothing is separate. Before going to Marx's method of historical right, based on which the Pollock sticks to the history so strongly, let us try to establish the first step <coughs> while entering into Sanskrit knowledge system. Concept introduced so far are enough to see why Pollock declares nothing is separate. Earlier we have seen Hegel's idealism and transcendence is taken away, only matter is there, and Herbeck's inner kernel, 
mechanism is taken and no advantages, no ethics, no religious uh, ethics influences. Therefore, all that exists is, exists is materialistic, including ideas generated by brains, which itself is material. From M81, earlier I uh, just pointed out in sequence, from one, uh, M81 and M82 ever, which we have seen, we know society is full of contradictions and due to that, changing continuously as a result of the multiplicity interaction between the agents of superstructure. Polak enters Sanskrit knowledge system through Purchas. When I said that he was very uh, honest to his dishonesty, this is one difference. It was his lecture at the Royal Academy of Netherlands, John Bond's lecture at the Royal Academy of Netherlands. We rarely find a reference of this. It is a big uh, text, nearly 100 pages printed. But even his uh, language about doesn't refer to it. I don't know what. There, he enters SPS Sanskrit knowledge system through Purushat. Purushat, he defines Purushat is a combination of calm, earth, and dharma. Later on, he realizes and says calm relates to Alankarsas and proves, tries to prove that it is end of literary theory. Second, he takes dharma relates to Mimansa and tries to prove in that lecture that it is end of moral theory. And third, earth, the Rādhāma-shāstra, and he tries to prove that it is end of political theory. So morally, politically, and literally we are finished. Sanskrit is finished. Right? What is interesting here, he leaves moksha. Earth, dharma, calm, moksha. He leaves moksha. Why? Because he leaves moksha the ultimate supreme and aimed to attain through the ego of three ends because he fails to define it in the materialistic paradigm he has adopted. And it is M1, M2, M81, it is in the paper, and that's right. And M82. And the rest of the prerequisites. Sanskrit. But it's not Sanskrit literature. As commodities are produced, Sanskrit literature is produced. The laborers in the commodity market, commodity production system, here the authors and poets are. The skills are there, here. While the production of literature, these texts are just like material production in the economy, which writers as laborers, their skill, specialty labor, produce according to producer's direction. And its interpretation is thus. Thus, the authors, poets, are labor, produce literature, texts, under the directives of kings, rulers, and buyers, and directions, and the social development conditions as they fact. Once this is taken up, the production of literature becomes a dynamic materialistic process with linear history. <coughs> so, it is exactly the Marxian paradigm. Which he takes. Of course, later on he put super specialty in dissecting, disseminating, describing everything, and all that discussions of uh, imperialism, whatever it is. And the vernaculars, whatever literalization, literalization, vernaculars, whatever he says, these are mere technical jargons to express 
the information dissemination process and control. Nothing else. He has put the technical term, technical journalist there. You keep your dirt with that and don't go to the principal. Basically, this is the core today. I'm not afraid of your five minutes. But one thing more. Nothing is separate, right? Second part, which is very important, and I would like to uh, request on here uh, to the audience. We combines for mass fixer and verifier. Idam sarvam, from the Sanskrit, nothing is sacred. He leaves Paramatiksa. He takes text Sanskrit as a production, as a manufacturing application, and takes the other Yavahariksa. Conclusion is from A1, A2 applications, which we just We know that Pura conforming to the Marxist dialectical materialism assumes away the existence of Paramatiksa. And what remains to the high is nothing but a materialistic process with all its features of materialistic production. That is an expression is monetary. So this was the basic finding. And conformity to application 3, application uh, M1, M2, and MKT1. Pollock says the use of language. In literary production is determined by the history of human choice and action. He argues travel was invented and that the connection between written literary language and political power is itself consciously and constructed. Everything goes to the materialistic process of production, Marxist process of production. Pollock believes that it can be shown that Sanskrit saw deep experience in historic structure. The fact that Sanskrit knowledge system he is to be creatively cultivated to the point. We have seen from A1, application 1, A1, the reason behind the moksha, which are being left out. Pollock says the three concepts have historically been under reconstruction but never discussed. The silence on moksha, why he kept silent on moksha, he explains it. The silence on the moksha in literature is obviously due to the fact that by the time, by then, the Purushat had taken the character of the common sense. That's why moksha is not explained there. And then it comes to whole and part. Here, just uh, I will not uh, explain everything, but this is the core, and here, this uh, slide and the next. The Brodel's incompleteness theorem puts us a very forceful conclusion. Uh, Before speaking, we find this is a beaten hole. Samyak, Idam Samyak. There are two parts. Logic, just we uh, add Paramatic and Vivahaiksa. Pola takes what? It means if we assume that it is a whole system and we are taking only a part of that, it means it is, we are dealing with a closed subsystem. And any 
argument, any axiom, any assumption we make in that closed subsystem can and cannot be applicable to the whole system. So in case we follow the product, this explanation of Shastra, whatever we will explain, if we will use his terminology, his dictionary, his uh, paradigm he has taken, we will not win any. Why? There will be the same logic over there which he has been using to prove his system. And we will not be having anything. And sitting there in the closed system, we cannot expect that we will cover that second half which has been left out. We have to take the second half in our account. And that is why I conclude uh, this with one well request, Professor Jha is here and Professor Khan is here. Many Sanskritists are here. With one request, can we produce a volume on
that Varmartik and Devarika are the two inseparable sides of the same one. This will refute A1, A2, A3 and also prove Polak's presupposition and assuming away Varmartik false and this whole paradigm model. With this I will close my uh, experiment and this is one issue I especially request, sir, we uh, communicate on BVP and I put it on the BVP. Is there any, can somebody give some reference on it? We need a competing on it. Where this point can be explained and which we should need no further reference. It should be completely neutral. And if this, we can either we compile it or write it, whatever it is. If we can do it, the whole paradigm of this work, as far as Sanskrit knowledge system is concerned, it will fall. Thank you very much.